HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. During this time, it's more important than ever to support our friends and neighbors in the restaurant industry. Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has set up a national COVID-19 crisis relief fund. The money they raise will provide direct relief to individual restaurant workers, support other nonprofits serving restaurant workers in crisis, and offer zero-interest loans for restaurants to get back up and running. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to donate today. And if you need a little extra motivation, you can DM your $20 donation to RWCF's co-founder, John DeBerry, on Twitter, and he'll give you directions for making a signature quarantine cocktail. Donate now at restaurantworkerscf.org. Hey, hey, you're listening to Eat Your Words and Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway. So we are not at our normal station once again. We're at home, but, you know, we've been home. Uh, we've been home. We've been not traveling for a few weeks now, thanks to COVID-19. And um, this pandemic, ha- it seems like it's going to keep us um, in one place for quite a while yet. So how about a little vicarious traveling at this point? Um, I think that cookbooks are one of the best ways to really transport yourself to another place. And that's why I love to collect cookbooks that are really region specific and really offer you a feast of uh, visuals about a certain place. And of course, the most delectable recipes from a certain place and a little bit of history and culture along the way. So one place I love to go to, and for some reason, I tend to go to this place uh, with my friends around this time of year, for some reason, I don't know, spring. Um, we go to the Hamptons sometimes for a weekend from the city. Um, it's great for biking. I used to do a ride to Montauk. It's great for eating, of course, though. The seafood, the lunch lobster roll place that you can see from the highway, the clam bars, the galore, um, the wineries, the Wolfer Estate Rosé. And then the culture, the Jackson Pollock House, the Parish Art Museum, the Montauk Lighthouse, just you name it. It's just a fascinating place to go visit. So I'm very sad uh, we cannot go there right now, but I am so thrilled to have on this show today the two authors, co-authors of The Hamptons Kitchen Cookbook, Seasonal Recipes Pairing Land and Sea. So joining us on the phone from the Hamptons, <laughs> it is Hillary Davis and Stacey Dermott. Hello. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So, Hillary, I'm very, very bummed that you can't uh, 
be hanging out with me right now because I had the pleasure of having you um, come on the show in person a couple times for your first book, which is French Comfort Food, and then your follow-up, French Desserts, which... Yeah, we had fun, didn't we? But you know what I was thinking today? I was um, looking for recipes um, to do this afternoon, and your Mm -hmm. blog your blog was the first place I went. And it, the reason I did was be, it must have been just um, not eating out in New York. <laughs> I mean, how perfect is your blog right now? It's just oh. amazing. And the one I picked I'm going to do later is mm-hmm. the Ukrainian cabbage dumplings. Oh, wow. Yes, I love those. I have all the ingredients because, you're, you know, this is stuff I have in my cabinet. Oh, so, good. Um, so I'm gonna Have do it. that, Kathy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hillary. That's that's so nice to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, for better or for worse, not eating out in New York is sort of the that's the main <laughs> routine. <laughs> wow! Thanks so much, and and uh, Stacy. So you. Um, have been a longtime food writer. You were the food critic in the Hamptons at Dan's Papers for almost a decade, and um, you that's seem like. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's me. And I also had a weekly column called The Hamptons Epicure, where I explored wine and food and personalities. A real mover and shaker of the Hamptons food community. And uh, yeah, you've been working on farms and um, it sounds like uh, a whole lot of projects up your sleeve. So I, the first thing I have to ask you ladies is, you know, Hamptons is so associated with uh, its rich dining culture, its winery culture, its overall tourism culture. So, um, and that's in peril right now, um, just across the country. What are you seeing around you? What are some, I I don't know if you've seen any like efforts to mobilize, like in New York City, for example, we've seen restaurants cooking up a storm for essential workers or something like that, or becoming, transforming into grocery stores. So what are some like positive or maybe negative? uh, What is, what is, what are you seeing around you these days? We're seeing some really moving sites. People really care about each other mm-hmm. out here all the time. Right now, it's really coming to the fore. We do have a lot of restaurants producing hot meals for healthcare workers and emergency workers, lunch and dinner. And um, there's a lot of places you can go on the web and actually donate a meal. Mm. You can pay for a meal for a healthcare worker, which is lovely. And it's keeping our very talented chefs and restaurant staff in business. And also here in Sag Harbor, just down the street, Provisions Natural Foods is not open to the public now. They've converted into a web store and they're not delivering, but they're doing curbside pickup. And so we on the East End can still get our our very vital supplements and our organic foods and drinks. And um, they're just knocking themselves out to make that happen. Wow, It's really encouraging and uh, inspiring when you see everyone working together. Um, You know what I'm seeing too, that's making me, um, I was planning a garden and um, a lot of people are planting victory gardens. It's, it's reminiscent of a war response. Um, I'm just, coining it a victory garden, but I see a lot of people um, who had never gardened, Mm -hmm. you know, they're used to just having things appear in abundance. And um, it's hard to get seeds even now online, but um, some of the, like Quail Quail Hill Farm has, you know, will deliver dirt. I was asking Stacy where to get, you know, more dirt, more compost. We're all sharing our sources so that we can plant nice big gardens. And I find that a positive note, a light of hope, um, because people learn 
they learn how to garden, they know where their food is coming from, and they're learning how to cook. So in the long run, we're going to get out of this. Um, and the beauty yeah. of it is that maybe we'll come out with a, something beautiful from it. I love that. Um, yeah, I've been seeing that too, Hillary. And you know what? Um, I think that's that's a great positive as well. Um, and Stacy, I know that you're pretty plugged into the farm community. And of course, farms are affected by this too, because uh, they sell to restaurants a lot. So, uh, you know, what can we do? Are you seeing any efforts for um, what can we do to help out all these great Long Island, Hamptons, North Fork, South Fork farms? Well, you should ask, because in yeah. our cookbook... <laughs> We really stress the uh, the vitality of shopping mm-hmm. locally and cooking seasonally. And if we all do that, we'll be a lot better off because then we're not reliant so much on the supply chains and, uh, you know, foreign products. I'm going to drive over to my friend's farm in Sagaponic later and, and see what's going on. I think they're probably pretty set. They've got their gas, Good. they've got their seeds, you know, it's planting season. And uh, I think our farmers are really going to come together and probably produce more than ever before. Well, for that's, us. that's amazing. And yes, I think that one of the consequences of this is people eating local and it's like not even, you know, it's almost like a necessity. Um, yeah, and also people are doing a thing called cooking a lot more now. <laughs> well, your book, I mean, is so mouth-watering. Um, I was saying to our engineer, Jeet, that he needs to take a look at this one um, because it's uh, – and I love the pared-down aesthetic. So, you know, the Hamptons has this great association with, like, a more rustic and laid-back lifestyle. Yeah. And the food really mm-hmm. reflects the simplicity of – fresh seasonal um you know straight scooped from the sea that morning Uh, yeah that's really what we're going for and while you're at it why not Mm -hmm. have a glass of local wine you know (laughs) so so uh dishes along those lines that really just stood out to me are like the poached cod and clams and buttered broth i mean does it get more simple than that sounds amazing um or fisherman soup with fresh tomatoes and basil oil um you know that you go through the seasons here which i I love um and later on in winter there's a fondue filled baked acorn squash with chunks of country yeah and i think it's really interesting that um the recipes you're mentioning right now are all by hillary and i know she was influenced Ah, very much by her time in france but all the recipes in this book are very simplified, and maybe she'd like to talk about that. But they're simplified. Um, well, they're they're French inspired, but I think when you get to the Hamptons and you slip into the warm water and relax, um, you know, you take what you have around you, and then you just use um, the techniques that you bring from whatever village or country you come from when you move here. So. Mine are using whatever I knew from uh, living in France. Stacy uh, worked and lived mm-hmm. on farms, and so she has that great agriculture um, background, and she uses her knowledge. And I think that's why we put together our heads and said, we've got to do a book because I sort of represent all these people that come to live here and visit from around the world. We're bringing in our, you know, different cultures, but Stacy is sort of the local roots of the tree and we're the, the branches. 
And, um, you know, it was a, I think it's been a good collaboration because we're showing what it's really like out here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not a bunch mm-hmm. of fancy restaurants and people walking around in high heels and um, pearls. It's, it's all of us are from everywhere and running down to our local market for our produce now out into our victory gardens. Um, yeah, it's, um, that's basically the flavor of the Right. Book. And, you know, I, I guess nowadays... The melding. Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, the, the melding of those two cultures, and it's quite unique for the Hamptons because we get this um, international mm-hmm. crowd that either lives here or visits. And so we all bring our, you know, different ways of cooking and then Stacy is, as I said, the roots of the tree. She's the, our anchor. And so when you meld those two together in a cookbook, it really does portray the true right. Hamptons. And it's something you portray any neighborhood um, in the country where you have that melding of the local and then the transplants that come in, how the cuisine develops in a local tiny spot. Um, so it's interesting. Well, Stacy, do you want to talk to that a little bit? How has the cuisine evolved um, thanks to all the transplants or just to the passage of time over the over the years? Yeah, I've lived here for 20 years and I have seen some evolution. Um, we pick up the trends from Manhattan in our local restaurants. You know, uh, pig's ears were a thing a couple of years ago. Really? Okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That was trendy. Uh, I think we're over that now. Oh, I see the whole nose to tail um, eating. You know. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's still with us to some degree, but uh, veganism is really picking Mm. up on the East End these days as it is everywhere. And um, I just can't stress enough the, not just the fact of eating local is good for you and good for the environment, but it's the best way to eat from Mm -hmm. a taste standpoint, because when you're eating things seasonally, Mm -hmm. they're at their peak, you know, that's the best they can be. And this book really, though it's regional to the Northeast United States, we really hope that perhaps other regions will take a look at it and say, oh yeah, holistic approach. This is the way to go. You know, the food, the wine, and also we have a recipe for compost. I hope everybody uses it. I mean, hey, (laughs) no doubt, like what you're saying about how, you know, this this book really represents the roots and the humble the humble roots, I guess, of of Hamptons-based cooking. Um, You know, a lot of people might associate the Hamptons nowadays with high heels or commercialism galore. Um, But actually, yeah, you take it back to the roots. And I love this section that you have called um, how to not wait, where's it go? (laughs) It was like how to not waste a thing. Yeah, nothing goes to waste. Goes to waste. Yeah. Yeah, my compost mm-hmm. heap is my favorite part of the garden because I'm strange like that. But maybe maybe I'm just ahead of my time <laughs> because I just love that a compost heap is always producing, you know, gold from garbage all year long. And when it snows, it oh, steams. Wow. It's a well, we'll need thing. that for all the folks that are just digging into the soil, literally, um, for their victory gardens. Indeed. Um, so I love that you have, you know, all these trimmings that can be used to make a wonderful stock, for instance. So, you know, if, if it doesn't go into your compost, right. you can save the 
carrot greens or the corn cobs, celeriac trimmings, um, pepper trimmings, all that good stuff. And then bones, of course, um, lobster shells. This is good stuff. Yeah, and we do use some of those items in some of the recipes. Mushrooms, stems, you name it. Um, I love that. Yeah, too. Uh, and that's, and that's. I mean, this is nothing new, but it's actually a huge part of a lot of the soups. I mean, we associate um, the Hamptons with, mm-hmm. I, at least I do, with a lot of chowders and that kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, we have the requisite clam chowder. And Hillary has a lobster, what is it, a lobster bisque, Hillary? Lobster and corn chowder. You know, the first time I met, one of the first times I I cooked for Stacy, she came over and um, she disappeared into the backyard. And it's Mm -hmm. sort of a manicured backyard. And she arrived about 10 minutes later back into the kitchen. And she had her hands full of things Mm. that she had foraged in the backyard for us to put into our food. And she also walked down the street after lunch and foraged baby, um, fresh baby bamboo shoots. Not only does that say something about Stacy, this is pretty cool, but um, it says something about what you can do in, in a place where you live and, and the little joys you can find um, and why, you know, it's so delightful to be that aware of what's growing Absolutely. around you. Um, I want to stay on that note, actually, and talk a little bit about your background in farming and also many of the dishes that you've contributed um, and all the dishes throughout this book. But we are going to cut to a quick little commercial interlude and we'll be right back chatting more. During this time, it's more important than ever to support our friends and neighbors in the restaurant industry. Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has set up a national COVID-19 crisis relief fund. The money they raise will provide direct relief to individual restaurant workers, support other nonprofits serving restaurant workers in crisis, and offer zero-interest loans for restaurants to get back up and running. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to donate today. And if you need a little extra motivation, you can DM your $20 donation to RWCF's co-founder, John DeBerry, on Twitter, and he'll give you directions for making a signature quarantine cocktail. Donate now at restaurantworkerscf.org. Okay, we're back with the co-authors of The Hamptons Kitchen, Seasonal Recipes Pairing Land and Sea. This book just came out from Countryman Press. Its authors are Hillary Davis and Stacey Dermott. And there's also a foreword by Gail Green. So welcome back. <laughs> yeah, we would really love to give a shout out to Gail. She's our inspiration and our hero. And uh, she's not in the best place right now because there are no restaurants right. to review in That's New York right. City right now. Well, how did she inspire your work or your this book? Oh, my goodness. Gail Green <laughs> slept with Elvis and made a living uh-huh. writing about food before I was born. That's how she inspired me. Pretty badass. <laughs> actually, Gail right? was the one. Gail She's was the best. Gail was the one that actually um, convinced us that our idea was good, and that she definitely thought we should do the mm-hmm. cookbook together. So that's we sort of love her. She comes and stays and spends time with both of us.
yeah. that's fantastic. She's I'm so glad that she wrote a loving uh, uh, forward for your book. And I'm sorry that you can't be touring around for this book's uh, release. That's kind of a bummer, but maybe yeah. at some point, just put it off <laughs> and do. Yeah. Sure, um, <laughs> no, but uh, you're you're absolutely right in that cooking is one you know thing that a lot of people are getting into now, and um, you know this book has has a little bit of everything for any kind of uh, a diet. Although if you don't like seafood, I'm not sure <laughs> um, how many. Uh, well, actually, no. There's plenty of recipes without seafood in it. But um, Stacey, uh, you come from a farming background and uh, you mentioned that you're from the complete opposite end of New York State. So uh, the Allegheny Mountains near Appalachia, is that correct? <laughs> that is correct. Where I'm from, Cattaraugus County, that's the uh, county below Erie County where Buffalo is. That is the northernmost point of Appalachia. <laughs> it's where, you know, Appalachia overlaps with the Rust Belt, mm -hmm. but it's a beautiful, beautiful country. And uh, I loved, I loved living there, but you know, not a lot to see or do other than <laughs> working on the farm. And uh, I, I like to cook with my mother and my grandmothers. And uh, I was not actually allowed to, it was a dairy farm. I was not allowed oh, to milk wow. cows because I was supposed to go to college. <laughs> so I've been trying to get back well, to farming my it's whole true that we run life. away from what we're supposed to do or yeah. rebel against what we're supposed to we do. In fact, you know, cooking down lard every year was something we did. And uh, my grandmother's converted to Crisco like the year it came out in 1911 oh. because they were so sick of that lard. But and now you're gone. <laughs> you do what you can. It still makes a great pie. Yeah, there's a recipe in the book for my great-great-grandmother's oh, yeah? apple pie. We call it farmhouse apple pie. And I think it's very good. Yeah. And we suggest you serve it with cheddar pie. cheese because that's yep. the way. That sounds like a wonderful, savory, sweet, classic combo. Um, now, I'm yeah. also intrigued by this one that you have. Uh, it's in the dessert section. Chocolate sauerkraut layer cake with sea salt caramel glaze. So this is a family yeah. recipe. Tell me more. Have you made it yet? <laughs> Okay. It, you know, it was very popular where I'm from uh, in North Otto, but I think that it was somewhat trendy in the 1970s. I haven't really found an old recipe for it, but um, some people I bring it up to say, oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't had that in years. But it's something that, that was popular, I believe. And, uh, you know, the sauerkraut, you don't taste the sauerkraut. It just lends this, lends this really lovely, okay. moisturous texture I'm, to the cake. I'm, I mean, that's just like a new one for me. So yeah. I'm so glad that you're sharing and passing this one on. Um, it's fascinating. I mean, all these secrets from, from, from different regions that, you know. It's all yeah, good. And, you know, true. so it's all good. Uh, in the introduction... In the book of the book, uh, which Hillary writes, she kind of um, makes a connection between the French Riviera, where she where you lived for eleven years, and the the cuisine of the Hamptons. Yeah. Um, what what are some similarities you think? The the similarities for me were were because um, mm -hmm. I had never been here. Um, I lived abroad for so long, and when I came here, it was almost like um, mm -hmm. being back home on the Riviera. And I think what it is, is this we're, this peninsula we're on, or this island we're on, 
we're hugged on one side by the ocean, on the other side by a bay, and we have all this farmland in between. And on the Riviera, you're sort of slammed up against the ocean, and then there's the mountains. And I think the quality of the light, um, you know, because of the ocean, the mm -hmm. water molecules or whatever in the in the air, the light is very golden, um, just like the Riviera. It felt very homey to me. And all the farms and where you could just drive down the road and find homemade um you know, goat's mm -hmm. cheese being sold on a little rickety wooden stand. It's, it's like where I lived and um, the food culture. And also the Riviera is very international. That's just true. As the Hamptons are very international. We all live here. It's a, it's a resort. So it resonated. And both places have cuisines. The restaurants are, we have great Greek food. We have great all kinds of um, Japanese and Asian and um, Portuguese in the Hamptons. And you have that on the Riviera as well, because you're right up against Italy. Mm -hmm. So I just felt very at home here and um, almost liberated, you know, because it has so much um, to offer as far with, the, with the food culture here. And people are very serious about the food culture here which is the same thing that I had there. So, And I um, just have to ask, to you know, here. for, uh, I'm not like, you know, too great at the history of, of the people who, you know, kind of like made the Hamptons what it is. Of course, um, the indigenous um, uh, communities are really the ones who established uh, the Hamptons, um, of course. But, um, you know, the food culture, I'm curious, you know, if, if there is a French influence in this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. no, I don't. Oh, certainly it was initially, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was basically Portuguese. I mean, from, um, well, when the wealthy people started okay. to buy property in the late um, 19th century, you know, they wanted to imitate the fancy Got French it. restaurants in New York. And we had a lot of Got those. It. In East okay. So it's a little bit, um, it follows along with like New York city, um, a little bit. Cool. So, yeah. Yeah. I had the whaling community in, um, Sag Harbor also being fostering a certain kind of cuisine and, and, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's just been a mix all the way along. It's not, it's not really one thing. The only, you know, it's right, right. You can't just say this is the, you know, there's plenty of Italian American food, there's plenty of like French influenced food and so forth. So it's like, yeah. Um, so, okay, a lot of these um, recipes are great for something like I, I mean, I want to throw a party like right now, I want to throw a backyard um, cookout or a brunch party. Um, but I can't. Um, what would you recommend folks do um, to throw their own little maybe smaller, but nice occasion. I know a lot of people are just looking forward to pretending <laughs> to hang out with friends over, you know, Zoom conferences or just pretending they're at a restaurant by treating themselves to a really nice meal. So what kind of dishes do you recommend? Well, I think they should all buy this book and make the recipe and yeah, then connect absolutely. online. And Is there anything that strikes together, you as right? like perfect for this moment that we're in? 
Well, I think Hillary's okay. uh, what are they? Chocolate coffee cookies are really cool for right now. Um, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you go to if you do get the book on page one ninety eight. I've got a recipe for individual crudite. Crudite is always something you share. You know, everybody double dips and you know. And I have a recipe mm-hmm. here, and and you just make up your own. But um, an individual, everybody gets their own crudite little platter on a little piece of board or wax paper, and I've got um, a little quick recipe for cilantro hummus, Ooh. and side it with some miso cheddar cookies, which are actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that would be one I would start with. I'm eyeing the savory mushroom bread pudding. Mm-hmm. And the duck breast, of course. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In addition to being a cookbook, it's largely a guide to the East End. We have a list of resources and a sort of recipe for a East End cheese board. So we tell you all about the different cheeses. And I know that a lot of, um, you know, that would be a good uh, way to go too. Artisanal cheesemakers, even wineries, they're offering um, um, online sales direct to consumer. Right. Yes. Yes, they are, and right. a lot of them are also so delivering. This resource so. is actually really terrific. You can't because, miss. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, you can go straight to, I, I mean, you can check it out, but you have the website for all these, you know, Milk Pale Fresh Market. There's Meekox Bay Daria, Loaves and Fishes Food yeah. Store, um, you know, a lot of great Montauk Brewing Company. I don't know if they can deliver. Amagansett Sea Salt. I'm pretty sure Amagansett Sea Salt, they, they have an online oh, I shop. I hope so. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, this is really great to, um, kind of get your digital shopping on (laughs) while, yeah, and order something. Um, so we don't have too much time left, but last but not least, I do want to talk about this classic dish, which there's a little bit of a controversy about, um, what is the classic version of it, but I'm talking about, of course, the Long Island clam chowder. One of my mm-hmm. favorite soups of all time. What is the version um, that Long Island clam chowder has laid claim to? Well, a lot of people will tell you it's it's a version that has uh, tomatoes mm-hmm. in it. But I think when you go back far enough, you realize tomatoes didn't really make it to the East End, you know, to local gardens until the late. 19th century so they were definitely eating clam chowder a long okay. time before that so i'm gonna go with the and i love the this milky, milky version. version it has um, okay. <laughs> um big parsley butter croutons in it which look delightful and uh bacon that's like a must-have yeah. right <laughs> yukon gold potatoes uh, yeah, um, definitely and of course fresh clams <laughs> i mean Yeah, right. very okay. Okay. Never, right. never overcook your that. clams. That's uh, key. But I love how that, you know, you know, arguments will Good. abound about these things. Is it red based? Is it not? Is it whatever, whatever. So thanks for doing the history <laughs> oh, <yeah>. um, <laughs> on this, Stacey. I see there's like a fun history. I mean, yeah, Spanish and Portuguese yeah. took tomatoes. um, to Europe and then they introduce it to the new world and I mean there's just so much rich um, history behind each dish really that we can soak up so I'm gonna oh my goodness 
Iconic base scallops with Riesling cream. That's you, Hillary, isn't it? <laughs> when I see Riesling, I'm like, that mm -hmm. must be Hillary's yes. influence there. <laughs> Um, I'll yeah. never forget that Riesling yeah. chicken stew in French comfort food. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> With grapes. I love that one, too. Oh, I love that. I love yep. that. Oh, so when it all blows over here, Kathy, come out and come <laughs> take a walk to. on the beach. Um, have a glass of wine. Meanwhile, I'm going to be cooking up yeah. a storm, thanks mm -hmm. to your wonderful cookbook. And I hope that everyone gets their hands on it. Um, it is the Hamptons Kitchen just out from Countryman Press. And, uh, it, you know, hey, take a vacation vicariously to the, to the Hamptons with it. So thank you again so much, Hillary Davis and Stacey Dermott. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. So thanks, everyone at Heritage. Thank you, Jeet, our engineer. And we'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Eat Your Words is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>